So I give God thanks to my brother, my friend, uh, Bishop Brian, to the awesome Elder Carmen. I know Lady Carmen. Oh, Elder Lady Carmen, excuse me. It's good to be with you all this morning. Um, uh, PT, everybody here, I say God bless you to you. Thank you for being here. And I want to give a shout out to those who are live streaming, my KEC family that showed up. Thank you. Uh, that either came or is watching. I know some of them just said, uh, Pastor, we'll watch you on live stream today because I gave them the Sunday off. I said either join me or watch. So, but I thank them to be here. This morning, your bishop asked me to come in to talk about faith and mental health. And so this is Faith and Mental Health Sunday. And something that you got to realize that during this pandemic, you heard more people talking about mental health or more people suffering with mental health issues than you ever did before. Whether it was because of the isolation, uh, you know, being in quarantine, wearing masks, masks whatever it might have been, we heard about mental health issues. But I want to say something. COVID and the health pandemic did not initiate mental health challenges. It just put a spotlight on mental health challenges in adults and I, can I also say in our young people. And so you need to understand something that, see, because before even when, we were, when I was growing up, when you would hear the word mental, you, you're like, ugh, you would cringe. It was bad. But, but see, you, you got to understand something that the word mental is made up of the Latin word, M-E-N-T, is the Latin word mind. Y'all getting this? So when we talk about faith and mental health, what we are really talking about is faith and the health of your mind. Oh, uh, yeah, y'all can help. Yeah, it's okay to clap. It's okay. <laughs> and, and, and so we need to realize, so it's not a bad word. He hello? So when you say mental health, mental illness, you are saying that mental challenges, someone has challenges going on in their mind. Someone has some issues of the mind. And by the time we finish today, you might all realize we all got some stuff going on. My text this morning is from St. Luke 23 and 46. So even as you uh, look at either on the screen or on your tablet, or if you still carry a Bible, a real paper Bible, you can turn to St. Luke 23 and verse 46. We're going to just read one scripture. Father, anoint my lips. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I cannot preach without your spirit, so preach through me in Jesus' name. Luke 23 and 46, it says, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed, his last. My title for this morning is Holes in the Pews. Holes in the Pews. There's a song out there now by Donald Lawrence, and it's entitled Deliver Me. And when he starts off, he just starts off talking and he says, he leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. When you become a believer, your spirit is made right. And sometimes the soul doesn't get the notice. It has a hole in it. Due to things that has happened in the past, whether hurt, abuse, molestation, and he goes on to say, but we want to speak to you today and tell you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. Some people's actions are not because their spirit is wrong, 
but it's because the past has left a hole in their soul. May this wisdom help you get over your past and remind you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. Some of us got some holes. I've got some folks today, we're going to show you some holes. I, I got some folks with some cards today. I think I'm missing one. I see somebody, somebody just get it to somebody. And, and I want you to stand up here, please. Right here, yeah. And, and great. Hold this up, please, my dear. See, some of our holes, or some of us has a hole, and it's huge. People can, you know, you can see it. I'm going to break it down for you. Just stay with me, okay? It, it's a hole in the, because whatever's happened to us, whatever we've gone through, or what's going on, it's huge. It's big. Some of us, the hole is not as big. Right? For some of us, uh, switch. <laughs> the hole isn't as big. <laughs> One, two. And now, for some, because see, for some of you, you're thinking, well, my hole is it, it, kind of small. But for some of us, we got multiple holes. We got more than one. And some of you might be saying, well, Pastor Lorraine, well, well, who cares if I got a hole? Who cares if my soul and my mind is not well? God cares. God cares. Because when your soul and your emotions and your mind is not well, you can't contain and hold everything God has for you. Because I want to show you something about the holes. Come on, Vanessa, please. The rest of you, give them a hand. Thank you. I, I want to show you something about holes. Y'all still with me? Just bring them on. Thank you. So we want to show you. See, this represents the big hole. Right? Y'all got this? Now, now, we're holding this, and when she pours water, it can't stay in the, because it's what? It's got some hole. It's got a hole. You can't hold everything God has because you got a hole. Y'all getting this? And then, see, we've got, oh, that's not so big, right? But it's still a hole. So when she pours the water in it, it's still going to come out. Some of you wonder why you can't, you know that on Sundays, Bishop preaches a powerful message. But by Thursday, you back down again. Because why? You got some emotional holes. Come on. This hole isn't as big. It's a little hole, but still, let, let's pour some water in there. I want you to see something. It don't come out as fast as the others, but it still leaks. You still drip. You still bleed on other folks. Because you got a hole. Good. You, you, you a good class. This one now, let me do this one first, is, I don't even think you can see that hole. It's tiny, but, 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 pour some water up in there, please. Slow, slow. Now, okay, stop. Right there. It's not dripping like the other one, right? But it's dripping. It's still leaking. I don't care how the size, how, what, what, what size your hole is, it's still a hole. Still can't contain it. Takes a little while longer. You can, you can hold on to stuff that God gives longer, but you still leak. Y'all get this? This is the one now. I got to see for myself. This one has multiple holes. This got four holes. Let, let, let's do it. Let, let's show them how it's going to come out. Keep pouring. Pour more. Just pour it. You see that? It's coming out four different ways. 
You bleeding on people four different ways. You hurting yourself four different ways. Because you don't deal with your holes. Y'all see this? I'm getting to the word, but you got to get this. And, and, and my last one now. Thank you, please. You see any water? Why? Because there's no holes. You can hold this. All of God's blessings, deliverance, salvation. You can hold some stuff. You can hold it even when some stuff come against you and you get a little bit whole. Okay, I'm going to work on my hole because I got to get, get whole again. I got to get W-H-O-L-E. We have some holes in our minds and emotions, folks. And some of us have some mental health challenges, mental health illness. And the thing about it is, it's not visible to the naked eye, but it's just as real. Something I want to declare and, and talk about before I go deep is the misconceptions about mental illness in the church. Because we have a lot. Number one, we think it's a sign of weakness or a lack of faith. That, that oh, you know, they're just so weak. Man, where is your faith? How come you don't believe God to do something for you? See, see, doesn't the Bible say just have faith in God? Jehovah's going to turn it around. Why, why are they like that? How come they, why are they bleeding? How come they leaking? They don't have enough faith. That's what's, that's what's wrong. They don't have enough faith. They're not praying enough. They're not reading their Bible enough. We, we, they, they don't. They're just weak Christians. The other misconception is that it's a sin. Can I tell you something right now? It's not a sin to be sick. See, the people in the Bible, somebody in the Bible said, Jesus, who did sin here? It was a man that was blind. Who sinned? Did, did his parents? Did he sin? And Jesus said, this is for the glory of God so that God can get glory out of this life so that people can see him blind. But when it becomes whole and healed, they can say, well, what happened to you? He said, Jesus did it for me. God did it for me. See, see, we want to play the blame game. Who can I blame because I got holes? Who do we blame because they got some stuff going on in their minds? It's not a... It's not a sin. Come on, somebody say it's not a sin. Stop cursing people because they got stuff going on in their minds. Stuff going on in their emotions. Third one, that misconception. We believe and feel sometimes that everyone, especially Christians, have it all together mentally. They told you, once you get saved, your life is going to be great. You're going to have no more problems. So you, 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 so we have made people believe because I'm a Christian, I better have it all together all the time. We, we've not told folks that Christians struggle in the mind. So I'm here to say something. Being a Christian, whatever title you call yourself, believer, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, disciple, deacon, worship leader, uh, singer, musician, trustee, usher, hospitality person, ministry leader, reverend, doctor, whatever title you put in front or behind or even in the middle of your name does not make you immune to mental health issues or struggle in the mind. We got to clear that up right now.
we got to let some truth go. The other misconception is I'm the only one. And no one will understand. No one will understand what I'm going through. No one will understand what's going on in my family. So we don't talk about our holes. We don't talk about, it's probably been when the last year or two that we started talking about faith and mental health in our churches. It was taboo. I used to hear when I was growing up and I would cringe. You don't need no therapist. All you need is Jesus. My Bible told me, God said from the beginning, it's not good for people to be alone. So you don't just, because Adam had it, do you realize Adam had it good before Eve? It was just him and God. But even God said, mm, that ain't good. So how you think that just because you got Jesus, you good? And you don't need nothing or nobody else. Oh, y'all not get that. The other misconception we got to clear up is that God has given up on me or that God can't use me. God doesn't even understand me or what I'm going through. We have to name all these misconceptions because for too long, people have been suffering in silence and in shame, sitting in our pews every Sunday morning with holes. They're leaking. Because most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. What we think relates to who we are and who we become. So this morning, I'm here today to expose the lies and speak the truth that you do not have to suffer alone. You don't have to suffer in silence any longer and that you are not alone. Somebody shout, I am not alone. Our mental suffering, our emotional pain, our mind challenges, our holes are not a burden to God. In the text, we have Jesus who has been physically tortured, beaten and beaten, nailed to a cross, verbally and mentally abused for hours. Yes, Jesus, the very son of God who is divine and, and he's also human He's flesh and blood, and, and he feels the pain, and he feels the agony. The suffering was real. Some people might think, well, that was Jesus. He didn't feel no pain. What, 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 what you mean he didn't feel no pain? Well, he's Jesus. He felt the pain, people. Not just physically, but mentally. It was real. His final words was, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So the question for me always has been, why does he have to commit his spirit? And when I looked at it, the word commit in the Greek means deposit for protection. So Jesus' last words is, Lord, I'm depositing my spirit for your protection. So, so why does he, let's go a little bit further. Why does he need to deposit his spirit for protection? So when I broke down the word spirit in the Greek, it means, one of the meanings is mental disposition. Or the state of being of one's mind. So here it is, we have Jesus saying, I need to deposit for protection my, the state of my mind, my mental disposition into God's hands before I go to heaven. Y'all better get this. He's about to die and be elevated 
to a higher position. He's about to leave this earth. He's about to go and sit on the right hand of his father, making intercession for you and I. So why does he need to commit to deposit for protection? that just because I'm leaving earth and getting liberation just because I'm going to be elevated and I'm going to experience elevation liberation and elevation without a transformation which comes by a renovation which is repairing renewing or restoring of one's mind will lead to my destruction will lead to me leading with destruction or damage or injury or harm Oh, oh, let me say that again because y'all didn't get that. Liberation and elevation without a transformation, which comes by a renovation. And renovation means repair, renew, or restoring of one's mind will lead to destruction. This is Jesus saying, I'm being liberated. I'm being elevated. But God, if I don't give you my mind, if I don't have a transformation before I even get there, I'm going to intercede with anger. I'm going to lead with anger. I'm going to whip people. I'm going to beat up some folks. I'm going to tear some folks up because I haven't been liberated in my mind. I haven't been transformed. Are y'all getting this? This is why Paul says in Romans 12 and 12, be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds or the renovation of your minds. Because see, the thing that we don't realize and recognize, do you know Paul was a murderer? He was, I don't even know what gangs exist today. He was the Bloods and the Crips gang leader. He was, wherever you fit, the mafia gang leader. Well, I, I don't know whoever gang, gangs, I don't know no gangs. I, the cartel, oh yeah. The cartels gang, he was their leader. And he would order, order now, if he didn't do it himself, drag them Christian believers out their homes and kill them. So we think just because, and God knew, just because Paul had a salvation experience of one day where, where God took him off the horse and says, Paul, do you know what you're doing? You're kicking against, you're kicking against me. Okay. And he gave his life to, to God that everything was hunky-dory. The, the Lord told Paul, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to Ananias' house. You're going to stay there for three years because I need you to get a transformation of your mind before you lead my people. Because if you lead with the same mind that you were killing people, you're going to come into the house of the Lord and still kill people. Even though you've been saved and delivered, your mind has not been transformed. Salvation changes our spirit, but it doesn't change our minds. So I got to help somebody here today. It oh, come on, somebody. We've been saved, but that doesn't mean our minds have been changed. That's why some of you, you, you try to, what, what was it? Jehovah, turn my life around. Take the way where there is no way. You shout that, sing that so good, but your mind still hasn't changed. You all, oh, you still came in here with some stanking thoughts, and still when you sing, Jesus turned my life around, and your thoughts are still stank. You worshiping, 
Yes, it's good. I'll tell you something. Worship does help your mind. It does. But you need to do some practical stuff. Jesus said, did you notice that? He just said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He didn't sing no song. He didn't lead no worship. I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but, but you got to get this. Are y'all hearing me? Can I say this piece again? Liberation and elevation without a transformation, which comes by renovation, will lead to destruction. So when you're praying for people, don't just pray for the, 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 they get saved. Pray for there to be a transformation of their mind. Pray that, Lord, I want them. Yes, salvation has hit them. But see, and, and God has hit me and says, Lorraine, this is, this is why we have done so, 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 so much. Uh, uh, we, we, we've helped people get saved and the salvation, but you've not helped them transform in their minds. And then we have conversations as pastors. Do you believe what some of my people are doing? What, 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 what? I would never expect that. Ain't there been no transformation. Why some pastors have, have falls and they mess up and, and, and they, they got big, what, what happened? They got big ministries and you think everything is good because there needs to be a transformation of the minds. How much time I've got left? Okay, hurry up, Lorraine. The Deliver Me song goes on to say, deliver me, yeah, because all I seem to do is hurt me. D did you hear me? The song says, when, when, when Donald tells the woman, go ahead and sing, she says, I, I need deliverance because all I seem to do is hurt me. What that's saying to me, she needs a transformation of the mind. Y'all getting this? Because why? She's doing damage, destruction and harm to herself and whoever might be around her in her life. So Pastor Rain, how do I heal from these holes? How do I, how do I get these healed? How do I plug up these holes? Number one, we must become self-aware. Somebody say self-aware. Self What's that mean? I got to become conscious of my feelings, my thoughts. I got to be conscious of what's going on in my mind. See, Jesus had to deposit his spirit, his mental disposition, so that he could operate at the next level because Jesus realized that this is not going to happen automatically. Do you realize that Jesus went through some stuff, not just on the cross? He was beaten, he was abused, but let's, let's, can I, I need, I need to come on a minute with this. Jesus is born from a woman who says, I didn't have sex with a man. And, and her husband, Joseph, is saying, okay, I'll take you to be my wife, even though in those days, he was going to put her away. And so he says, no, I'm going to take you to be my wife because the Lord speaks to him in a dream. And, and come on, men, be real. Men, be real. Your woman comes to you before you get married. Before you have sex. And she says, I'm pregnant with God's child. See, see we, we don't make it practical enough. We just, oh, hallelujah, he, she was born, oh, he was born of a virgin. Think about Joseph. What might have been going through his mind like, you what? You pregnant from what? The Holy Spirit? What? Did what? Yeah, it, over, it overshadowed me. It overpowered me. And I'm pregnant now with the Son of God. And, and then you get a dream. Don't put Mary away. Be her husband. Okay, so now he becomes, he's the husband. 
And now he's the father, but you don't hear much about Joseph. He's like an absentee father. We don't talk about this stuff. See, because even when, even when uh, uh, there were different things happening, when he turned the water into wine, it was Mary that was there, not Joseph. Are y'all with me? So Jesus has got to deal with his whole life because we don't know what his father is saying because, see, remember, Jesus is 12 years old, 12 years old. He goes to the temple. And then his parents are like, well, where's Jesus? They go back home and be like, where's our son? Oh, man, we got to go back to the temple. They go back to the PT. They come back in here. They come up in here. Find Jesus teaching. Jesus, what are you doing here? You know we were looking for you. We put out an amber alert and everything. We couldn't find you. What were you doing, Jesus? And then Jesus turns and says, don't you want me to be about my father's business? Well, isn't your father Joseph? But you got to be about your father. What, what you mean you got to be about your father's business when, when your father is, and if people hear this, wait, wait, wait what, 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 what he say? Well, what, isn't his father Joseph? But Joseph's a carpenter. What do you mean Joseph? Joseph is not a priest. Joseph is not a rabbi. Joseph is not in the temple. It is Jesus and the priest. So how are you going to be about your father's business? You only call the priest, the, the lead one's father. You wouldn't call your natural father, father. So, so he's got to live with people. The emotional stigma. He's got to deal with a daddy that might not want to have hands on with him because daddy is still dealing in his mind. I don't know about Mary, but I, I, I married her because God told me to. But I'm supposed to be the father. How do I father God's son? Are y'all with me? Turn to somebody and say, you better hear this word. So fathers that are in the building are watching and you're struggling because your daddy wasn't around. Don't, get, don't, don't feel like you're the only one. Jesus himself. And you're wondering and you're, and you're having some issues in your mind because you're feeling neglected. How do I raise my son? How do I raise my daughter? How do I just learn how to be a man or daughter because my daddy's not here? Look at Jesus. I hope I'm not hurting somebody, busting somebody's bubble that painted Jesus as having the wonderful best life on the earth. Then we see you don't hear about Jesus from 12 to 30. What was he doing? And my Bible says he was tempted in every way, like all of us. So how did he deal knowing I'm the son of God and I cannot sin? But temptation is there every day. That's a... Wave at me if you're getting this. Hurry up, Lorraine. Hurry up. Hurry up. I don't know about you, but I've had a hole or two. Even with the title. Everybody wants to give me title. Apostle, prophet. I go places. Doctor. I said, I'm not a doctorate. I don't have my doctor. Doctor, reverend, this, that. At the end of the day, I can bleed just like you. Whew. That's why Jesus on the cross, he's like, Lord... Before I come up there, I need you to transform. I need you to, I need to give you my mind, God. I, I'm aware that I've got some stuff. I'm aware I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm aware I'm, I'm, I'm still bleeding. Even though I told you, Lord, Lord, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, but, Lord, I might get to heaven and look down and say, Lord, kill them. So, Father, protect my spirit, protect my mind. He's aware of his holes. Maybe one or two, small or big, but he's aware. I don't want to lead and leak. <sighs> Y'all getting this? Because there's some of you in here today who are leaking. 
you're hurting, you're stuck, you feel some kind of way in the mind. So we got to be self-aware. Number two, we got to have a strategy. Somebody say strategy. Dr. Anita Phillips, who is a, a Christian therapist, said, and I love this quote she has, prayer is a weapon and therapy is a strategy. Let me say it again. Prayer is a weapon. Therapy is a Say with me. Prayer is my weapon. Therapy is my strategy. For too long in the church, we have kicked, we have torn down therapy. We've made fun of it. We've talked about Freud. Or you just going to go in that office and lie on somebody's couch. You better not go in there and talk, talk about my business and tell nobody what's going on in this house. You better just keep it all inside. and you, you don't, don't talk outside this house. But you have no plan for fixing your holes. Some of us need. Look at your neighbor and say, some of us need therapy. But see, some of us, see, some of us need to, some of you might need like Paul, God put Paul, I mean, Ananias in Paul's life, you need a pastor. You need your elders, you, you, you need a friend. See, therapy is basically you sitting there talking with someone who's an expert who's not going to judge you, 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 but listen to you. Imagine if in the church we had people who wouldn't judge us. Who could listen to us because we got holes, because we're bleeding, because we're leaking. We put therapists out of business because, oh, man, I got my transformation because what happened in my transformation? I sat with somebody. And, and the next piece is, is because I, 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 I was able to speak my truth in a safe space. I was able to speak my truth when I came to church and I was able to tell them, you know what? Last night I wanted to kill myself. Last night I was cutting myself. Last night I didn't want to live. I didn't think I could make it. The you know, I I'm on depression pills. I've got anxiety. Nobody's going to judge me. Because that third one, you got to be able to speak your truth in a safe space. Jesus had to share his truth. Lord, I'm giving you the state of of my mind because he trusts his father. Uh, he says, I'm not going to take this with me to the grave. I have to speak it. I've got to get this out. I can't bury this with me. Have you ever seen people? Oh, God, help me to say this right. That look older. And we'll say they had a hard life. Oh, we don't even know. We're just like, oh, you're that age? Okay. <laughs> like, man, wonder what, wonder what they went through. Wonder what went on for them. Well, sometimes you need to sit and ask, how you doing? And when you ask it, wait for a response. And, and when you ask and wait for the response, sit there with them. Do we want to see people whole in our church, W-H-O-L-E? You can have all the degrees in front, behind your name, and still have holes. I worked at a psychiatric ward 
Dan, uh, it's not even around anymore. State hospital. Where they would, and, and we would call it a d different term for people back then. But we would say these folks were severely mentally ch challenged. And I remember being in the state hospital, and I remember being there. I was working with folks who had doctorates. They had all these titles. They, 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 they had written books, but locked up. Not because they did anything wrong, but because the disposition of their mind was unprotected. Oh. Are y'all getting this? And I remember being on there, and I was young because I was in college. It's my internship. And they said to me, Rain, you, you know, at first I didn't have no keys, so I couldn't get out. And I remember one day when I was looking to leave, and there was somebody on, st on staff who didn't know me. I don't, I, I, I don't, and I'm like, you know, I'm feeling, I don't belong here. No, no, I don't belong, no, no. I just work here. I just come in here, do some stuff, and I come to talk to the patients, and, 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 and you, somebody, let me out, let me out, let me out. And then, and I was like, so the day I got my keys, I was like, oh, Jesus, thank you. Because I'm, 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 and, and, and I'm not trying to, to, to make fun, but I'm trying to tell you, I, I know I've been there, seen it for myself. People who would come up to me and, 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 and touch the mirror, what's your name? And tell me, I said, well, what's your name? Jesus. What, what, what you saying? I'm Jesus. Do you need healing, my sister? I met a man that was in there, and, and, and he had done some uh, basically killed his best friend because he was so out of his mind at the time hung up strung out and I'm like God and see what I did was I'm not like them my hole isn't like that so I don't worry about my hole but not realizing I have holes and I was still bleeding on people and what's what we do? Oh, I'm not like Kanye. I'm not like this one. I would say some others, but. But you got holes today. I hope you heard this word. Say with me, Father, into your hands. I deposit my mental disposition. I commit to you the state of my mind this morning. Thank you for your word that I'm not alone. That's the word this morning. We have to be self-aware, we need a strategy, and we need to speak our truth to get the healing. Some of you need to just, Father, just keep giving it to him, but you got to get it out. I want to do a prayer right now for anybody who's watching, for anybody in the building, because we just said Father, I'm talking about Father God. And you could be watching and say, Pastor Rain, I want to know God is my father, first of all. I want to be a child of God. All you got to do is just confess that, Lord, I'm a sinner who needs you. I believe that Jesus, he not only hung on that cross, but he died on the cross for me. And that he rose again, that I, I could have a new life, and that I would be saved. That's all the Bible says. All you got to do is confess and believe. 
and thou shalt be saved. You can do it right where you're sitting. If you're watching this, you can just do it right there. Just say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me. I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again just for me. My second prayer is I just want to say a prayer for those. I don't want to embarrass anybody today. And I was praying, Holy Spirit, how should I do this? Just this, this last prayer. And the Lord said, do it for everybody. I was going to have like, if you feel that you got a whole stand, no, because no, some of you are not going to admit it. And you got a hole. Some of you are here today and, and, and you're just like, oh, give me a word that's going to make me shout. You'll get it next week. But we got to give you this so that you can get to next week. We got to give you some words and teach some truth to tell you. And because and, and somebody, even if it's, this word is just for one person, I know this word came for a reason. So if you would, just bow your heads, just where you are. Oh, God. Father, I thank you that you love us. And Lord, we acknowledge our holes, our pain, our truth. And help us in the healing of every hole. There's some people here, Lord, that are dealing with some trauma, some stuff that's happened in their past. They're dealing with hurts. They're dealing with the holes from parents, holes from childhood, holes from the job, holes just, they just got holes because of life has happened. Trauma, abuse, grief, whatever. But Father, we thank you that you love us. And you are not throwing us out because we have holes, but you sent this word because you say, I come to heal the brokenhearted and give hope to everyone sitting in this house today that there's hope that you no longer have to suffer in silence and feel that you're the only one. So, Lord, we thank you. If you would, would you repeat this after me? If you want, you can stand or you can just remain seated. But I want you to repeat this after me. I am blessed with experiencing my heavenly Father's faithful love towards me. For my emotions to be aware for me to know, to feel, and to relish the love of God. To relish the love that God expresses toward me. I am blessed with hearing my heavenly Father saying that I am accepted, affirmed, capable and beloved in him he is not intimidated by my holes he is perfectly sure of his ability to heal those areas and to restore broken places I am blessed with cleansing in my mind from every generational soul wound and stronghold of lies I am blessed with the healing of my mind my will and my emotions may God who makes everything holy and whole Make me holy and whole 
in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, in my emotions, in my psyche, and in my body. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Come on, can we praise the Lord again? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, we would be remiss if we did not give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ, the one who can make our mind and our thinking whole again. You may not realize this, but one of the reasons Jesus died on the cross with a crown of thorns on his head so that he was bleeding. He was a bloody mess on his head. And the reason for that is because later on in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ can free our minds from dead works, works that are killing us so that we can serve the living God. So he died so that your mind could be made whole. W-H-O-L-E. So if you're here and you never received Jesus Christ, maybe you've joined a church, maybe you've been baptized, maybe you had first communion, maybe you've been dedicated as a child, you've done all that, but you have never received Jesus Christ as your savior, that is what really counts. And we want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ, whether you're in this room, whether you're in the low, lower sanctuary, lower uh, auditorium, or whether you're online. We want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ. So if you're here and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me because I want to receive this Jesus who can make my life whole, not simply my thinking, my life whole. If that's you, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, could you slip up your hand so that I can see who I'm praying for? You want to receive Christ? God bless you. God bless you. See those hands? God bless you. God bless you. And so, no, so that individuals are not self-conscious, but I'm going to ask everybody to say this prayer, whether you're in this room, whether you're in the lower sanctuary, or whether you're online. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I come to you this morning, and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin. You paid the price for my sin. And God, God raised you again from the grave so that I could become a child of God. So Jesus, because you're alive, I accept your gift of salvation. Come into my heart. Save me from my sin. And make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. And right now I know I'm God's child. Could we give God a praise for that? God bless you. If you said that prayer online in this room, in the lower sanctuary, you are saved. And those of you online who received Christ, please uh, send us your information on the, uh, the information on email that's online so that we can send you material to let you know that God loves you and also to help you to grow in your walk with the Lord. Can we give God praise and thanks for Reverend Lorraine Thornhill. Thank you very much for how God has used you. Amen. Well, let's all stand. We're going to uh, let you go at this time. Uh, some of you may, who are not familiar with church at this church, we don't give a closing prayer. We give a closing blessing. Um, and the word blessed, the definition of the word blessed we use is words that empower an individual for success. 
and we want you to have a successful week. In fact, the word shalom in Hebrew, one of the definitions also means success, and so that's what we want to bless you with. Again, for those of you who, uh, who may have brought your offering here and you didn't give your offering online, uh, at the end of the service, you could see one of the individuals from our welcome team. They have on the black uh, T-shirt. Give your offering to them, and they'll tithe an offering, and they'll make sure that the offering will get to the proper people um, so that you can be a blessing to this ministry. Amen? So, again, for those of you who are not familiar, whether you're online or in the lower sanctuary in this room, if you could put your hands out like this with your palms facing towards heaven. It's in the position of receiving. And the reason why your palms are facing upward because James, in the book of Bible, in the Bible, James chapter 1, verse 17 says, every good gift comes from the Father above. And so you're receiving a blessing from the Lord. And this blessing is based, in fact, God wants you to be blessed so precisely that he said to ministers, when you bless people, I want you to use these words. I don't even want you to make up your own blessing. I want you to use these words. And so we use these words found in Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. And so let me bless you at this time. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you this week. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you this week. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you this week. And may the Lord this week show you his favor. His favor will promote you, that is, move you forward. His favor would appreciate you, not depreciate you. His favor will support you, and his favor will side with you this week as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success, and his wholeness of mind. And may the Lord this week remove anything and everything that causes agitation and discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless all of you in the name and reputation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. Have an amazing week in the Lord. God bless you.